Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, automizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And 23 opponent preview series continues. We go to College Station to talk the Texas A&M Aggies. And who better than Andrew? Andrew, help me pronounce your last name, by the way. I should have asked you that off air. <laughs> no, it you're Stephaniac? good. It's Stefaniak, yes. It is Stefaniak. Hey, we're one for one. We're already on a roll. 
Andrew Stefaniak of Locked on Aggies podcast. He joins the show today to talk all things Texas A&M. Andrew, what's going on, my friend? Appreciate you taking the time. And how was SEC Media Days? We were talking off air. Obviously, you were there. Got to listen to Jimbo. I did as well. Uh, how was the week for you? And how you doing today? It was a good time. Uh, I love being up there. I, last year was my first media days up in, um, in in Atlanta, and then this year in Nashville. I'm a big fan of Nashville, Tennessee. It was a great time. Got lots of good content. I know you did as well. Um, it was a fun time, and I'm doing dang good today. How about yourself? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you asking. It's always fun to talk college football. Before we look at this 2023 Aggies team, let's look back at what happened last year. Five and seven. Two and six in SEC play. And just to give some context on that season and just how abysmal it was, it was the first six-game losing streak since 1972. First SEC team eliminated from bowl season last year. The highest preseason rank to finish with a losing record since 2010. That was the Texas Longhorns, ironically enough. And then finally, the first ever program to follow a number one recruiting class with a losing record. Andrew, I simply asked this. What didn't go wrong last year for A&M? Because I was about to ask what went wrong, but it felt like everything that could go wrong did go wrong for Jimbo Fisher's squad. It um it was a rough year. I mean, everybody in Aggieland knows it was, I mean, five and seven with that roster, it, 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 that can't happen. At the end of the day, and even when we get into this year, I mean, Texas A&M this year, last year, you've had top 10 recruiting classes pretty much every year, these last four or five rec recruiting cycles, 2023 was your first cycle outside of the top 10. So it, it's the last season, you know, you hate to talk about the injury bug, the injury bug hits you. You, you have quarterbacks mixing in and out. You lose a bunch of linemen go down, receivers go down. And it felt like the offense was just horrendous. The defense points per game wise was one of the best in the country. The Aggies uh, really struggled against the run, especially in SEC play, but they did, like I said, points per game was solid. The only issue they had on defense was stopping opposing running games. So the offense, Jimbo Fisher's offense, truly was the issue last year for the Aggies. And they just couldn't move the ball. Now, you can credit part of it to the Max Johnson and then King, and then you got Connor Wigman. I mean, you got all these guys floating in and out. You can credit it to that, but quite frankly, I credit it to the fact that I don't think Coach Fisher's offense is what it used to be, and I'm sure what we're going to get into here in a minute, I think he made a step to fix that. Now, you speak on Jimbo Fisher, obviously, Andrew, coming into his sixth year. What is the vibe in Aggieland around their head coach? Because this is a guy, he's one of the few active coaches that has won a national championship. You know, you think about all the promises he made early in his tenure. And, I mean, we all know about the huge buyout. And, you know, listening to him at SEC Media Days, he's obviously confident they can turn it around. But when it comes to the vibe and the mood in Aggieland around their head coach, is it a make-or-break year from Jimbo? Are people disgruntled? Are they hopeful? Are they optimistic? Like, what's the overall feeling from Texas A&M fans? I think it is it's optimism, but it's it, it's it's like a gas tank and you're sitting on a quarter tank right now. I, I don't it's people are optimi optimistic about this season just based off the fact that blue if you look at blue chip ratio, I'm a big believer in the blue chip ratio. Texas A&M has a top five roster in college football for those that are, um, are, are fans of the blue chip ratio. This year, things should click. One of the big misconceptions I, I believe about this Texas A&M team is that the 2022 class, the historic class, that everybody's gone. That, yes, you lost a couple of guys. But you, 
but still of that class have a big bulk of those five stars, of those high four stars. Most of those guys are still around, and most of those guys you're going to see on the field this season if you didn't see them last year. And so I think people are optimistic for this year. If Coach Fisher does anything similar than to what happened last year, it, I think optimism is going to run out quick. One thing Aggie fans are hopeful for is the 2024 schedule is pretty dang easy comparative to a lot of – I mean, it's an SEC schedule. It's not a cakewalk. But comparative to what some other folks got, it's manageable. So I think it's half and half. Like for me, I'm optimistic in the fact that let's have a few things click. Let's see some second-year jumps from the 2022 players. And then let's have 2024 be a year where you make a push for a college football playoff. I think that's kind of the vibe in College Station right now. Now, Andrew, as we talk this year's Aggies team, let's start with the offensive side of the football. You mentioned the splash hire, I think, of the offseason in terms of coordinators. Bobby Petrino added on as the OC. Connor Wegman returns with high hopes as QB1. He is going to be the guy who was really, really good in limited action a season ago. He's got some great weapons to throw to. Anaya Smith, Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad III, their lethal weapons on the outside. I think a big question, obviously, for you guys in the running game, who replaces Devin Shane? But four of five of the big uglies on the offensive line return with more experience behind them. So when you look at this Texas A&M offense, like you mentioned, that was the Achilles heel last year. With the addition of Bobby Petrino, number one, do you think Jimbo Fisher is really going to get out of the way and let Bobby call the plays? And if he does, what does this Aggies offense look like in 2023? And what do you think the ceiling could be? Because I look at that roster, like you mentioned, there's a lot of pieces to play with on that offensive side of the ball. You know, it's funny. You you bring it up. I think it is a top three talking point in college football right now. What will Coach Fisher do in regards to – Andrew, not to cut you off, he didn't give us a lot of clarity, I felt like, at SEC Media Days when he was asked about it and kind of said – well, you know, Bobby's a good coach, and that's why we brought him on, and we're going to figure it out. Like It's like all you had to say was he's going to call plays. That that just ended. And instead, he created this confusion even further, which maybe it's gamesmanship, maybe it's not. Who knows? That's what he That's what he was – he was making it seem like – and that's a great point. He was making it seem like it was some kind of strategic advantage. And I'm like, come on, just tell us the deal. I have a little bit of information on that that I actually got last night. Um, Connor Wigman went in a, um, he went on a, a TV program and he kind of dropped the bag, I think a little bit and, and, and let the cat out of the bag and kind of basically said, coach Petrino is the guy he he's been running the offense. Coach Fisher, obviously will come in and give opinions, but coach Petrino off season wise so far through the spring has really been the guy, um, at media days, so obviously at leaving media days, I was like, what's going to happen? I, is, is Coach Fisher? I don't know. That Hearing that from Wigman makes me feel a little more confident in the fact that Coach Fisher really might let it go. And I've joked, I think it, it's a win or two difference in, in all reality. I, I think if this could blow up if they're, if they're Rams batting heads all day. I think if, if Coach Fisher lets it go and lets Coach Petrino do his thing, I think it truly is a, a win, potentially two win difference from if Coach Fisher was calling plays. So that's my thoughts there. I do think Petrino ends up getting the gig as the as the as the offensive play caller, and I think it's going to be successful. I mean, he's a historic college football mind. You you throw away the past. I know you know all that stuff, but when it comes to the football field, 
He is a historic offensive play caller. He's had some incredible offenses during his time calling, uh, coaching college football. And then speaking to the offense as a whole, I mean, a lot of people, I think, forget that Connor Whitman was part of that 2022 class and is a former five-star recruit, you know, a, a guy that in limited action last year, he appeared in five games. I mean, he stood out and played well. I mean, there was obviously some things, there were some, some mistakes you don't love, but all in all, it was pretty impressive what he went out and did. Then you bring back two veterans in Moose Muhammad III and Anaya Smith. Evan Stewart's in his second year. I think he could be a chance. He has a chance to finish as a top five, I mean, a top 10 receiver in college football when it's all said and done. The running back room is an interesting one. Uh, you got three guys that are going to kind of bounce. It's Amari Daniels, Le'Veon Moss, and then five-star freshman Ruben Owens. Petrino historically likes to kind of let – spread the ball around to his running backs. He's not like a chain got like 92% of the carries last year. You're they ran him into the ground. You're not going to see that this year. I think all those names I listed, you're going to see the ball kind of spread around to equally. But I think the five-star freshman Ruben Owens is going to take over as kind of the guy when it's all said and done. And then you also have some talented, uh, a really talented tight end in Donovan green. And then the offensive line, Bryce Foster is going to be one of the best centers in college football. It's a, a talented uh, group up there. Like you said, the big uglies. I always I haven't heard that term in a while. I love it. Um, but it's a talented group if they stay healthy, and I think that's the biggest question mark for them. Now, Andrew, moving to the defensive side of the football, you mentioned that they could not stop the run. Ranked 123rd in rush defense a season ago. You get talented bodies back up front. Fadil Diggs, McKinley Jackson, Shamar Turner, they lead that group. In the front four, Chris Russell Jr. and Edrin Cooper lead the way at linebacker. Tyreek Chappell, Damani Richardson, and Jarden Gilbert return in the secondary. You also add Tony Grimes from North Carolina out of the transfer portal. That was a really, really big pickup. But like you mentioned, defense just struggled to stop the run a season ago. Are there encouraging signs they make massive improvements there? And your overall just expectations and thoughts on what this Aggies defense will look like this season? So – Speaking to stopping the run, it's one of those things that, frankly, I'm going to have to see it. Um, I mean, last year, you had the bodies, you had the guys, you had the talent and the stars when it comes to, like, how good these guys were at high school. This defensive front is all talented players, and they couldn't stop the run. The linebackers made bad decisions. They chose the wrong gap. I mean, they didn't have good gap discipline. It was all in all, it was not – it was not sound football that led to struggling to stop the run. Uh, frankly, and, and it's going to sound like I'm beating a drum here, but I, I chop a lot of this back to talent, folks. And you might say, like, well, you might think that's it's a bad argument, but I don't think talent is a bad argument. And, and so what I can my, – my, my point about stopping the run is you have the talent to do it. It's just going to come down to coaching. And ironically, I think that's the big question mark right now at um, Texas A&M is, is how did we learn to stop the run? Uh, there was the tragic passing of actually uh, Coach Price, the, the Aggies defensive line coach. I, I hate to see that. I mean, Coach Coach Price was a, a great football person, a, a former Aggie player, and that I, that hurts. You know, losing your coach, this happened about a month ago. Yeah. It, it hurts losing your defensive line coach. It's not going to help you stop the run. But I do think just – these young – the defensive line was young. I think that they're going to develop and be able to stop the run this season. But it, like I said, I think you're going to have to see it happen. Secondary-wise, like you said, uh, Tony Grimes, former five-star recruit, 
big time player at North Carolina. You know, he was good, but I don't think he lived up to the five star hype. I think he kind of might do that this year in College Station. And then Tariq Chappelle, solid corner. Damani Richardson, one of the better safeties in college football. Uh, Jordan Gilbert, and then you got Bryce Anderson, who's going to fill in at your nickel. And then you got a lot of guys like Sam McCall, transfers in from Florida State. He was uh, in the mid-40s in the 2022 recruiting class, comes over to Texas A&M after one season in, Florida, at, in playing for Florida State. It's a defense that's going to be solid. The linebacker room is the one room I'm concerned about, and that is simply due to depth. Your couple guys up front are going to be good. Your, your, your starters at the linebacker position, but depth is a question mark there. When it comes to your D-line and your secondary, you have enough. I mean, you can run a platoon like Kentucky basketball. I mean, you can run a platoon with how many defensive linemen you have. You have 14 guys that could come in and start, truly. So I think that you're going to see a lot of these defensive linemen and a lot of these uh, defensive backs are going to – I think it's going to be one of the better units in college football at both of those spots. So the only question mark for me is the linebackers. And will the talent transfer to run stopping? And that's just still to be seen. And Andrew, just to further emphasize your point, I'm looking at the stats here. I mean, Texas A&M was number one in the country in passing yards per game allowed, fourth in the country in yards per attempt allowed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the rushing defense side, they were 123rd in yards per game allowed and Mm -hmm. 110th in yards per carry. I mean, but really, you look at the numbers, 25th in college football in points per game. I mean, it really was just the rush defense that gave them so much trouble uh, a season ago. Let's move to special teams, Andrew. Nick Costanetu, is that how you say the last name? I'm, I'm... That's one of those. I, it, I Nick C. Yes, that's how you say that. it. We're going to go yeah. with it. How about yeah, that? Nick C, two-time All-SEC punter returns. That's all you need to know about him. Randy Bond returns as your kicker. Anaya Smith is back healthy, looks to be lethal in the return game. Just talk about Aggie special teams. Does does anything jump out to you going into this season for Texas A&M in the special teams department? Well, for ha- we're not going to sit here and, 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 and roll up into kicking for half an hour, but I'll give you a little tidbit about, hey, about the I punter. have to bring it up because I'm a South Carolina guy, and you know it's Beamer ball, man. Hey, special teams to us is just like mm-hmm. offense, defense. So it's funny how many people, though, will kind of like chuckle when I bring up special teams, but it's like, dude, I'm so used to talking about it with South Carolina. Yeah. It's so important. Like, hey, wins and loses ball games. Hey, it made a big difference in the South Carolina game last year. Yes, it did. You got uh, the, the South Carolina brought the opening kickoff. Opening back, kickoff touchdown. Yes, from Xavier mm-hmm. Leggett. Yep. And um, but 
speaking to Nick, our punter, I, you know, as much as I joke about special teams, it is a big deal in football. I mean, we could sit here and all joke about it, but at the end of the day, having a guy who you can, who can, who can pin the, the opponent in, in within the 10 yard line, it's a big deal. If you have a punter that can, you know, cough and corner the ball and stick him at the three yard line more times than not, that wins football games. Little things like that win football games. Touch to touchbacks don't win football games. I mean, it's a difference if you can stick them inside the 10, it's a difference of 10 to 15 yards if you if you end up, you know, getting a touchback. So I think it's a big deal. And the Aggies have one of the best punters in the SEC, potentially the country, and you're gonna see him punting on Sundays. I feel pretty confident to say that. Um, I'm speaking to Anaya Smith returning kicks. He is incredibly lethal. He's shifty, fast. He can do it all. And I think losing him last year, I mean, you know, I, I hate keep making injury excuses because at the end of the day, everybody goes to injuries, but losing him was a big deal. I think having him healthy in the receiving game and the return game is going to help this Texas A&M football team out a lot. So I do think, well, I'm joking around, but I, you know, I do think the special teams is it, it's, it's a, something that Texas A&M is going to succeed in this year and be solid at, which is a good thing going into the season to know. I mean, you don't want a kicker missing field goals and a punter uh, shanking kicks out of bounds like my four iron. I mean, you just don't want that. So, um, you know, it's, I think the special team is going to be solid for the Aggies this season. Special teams isn't all that big of a deal until they lose you a couple ball games, then it becomes mm -hmm. a really big talking point. So to your point, it's great when it's a strength. So you look at this Aggies football team, Andrew, 15 starters are back, seven on offense, eight on defense. We've all heard they've got some of the most returning experience in college football. You mentioned all these great recruiting classes. To give people just some perspective, since 2019, the Aggies have finished fourth, sixth, seventh, first, and 15th in recruiting. Five-year trend of fifth being the average. So, like you mentioned, that blue-chip ratio, there's talent all over this roster, and it's back in 2023. And what feels like a make-or-break year for Jimbo Fisher in College Station, and you take a look at the 2023 schedule. You open up with New Mexico week two at Miami. Really interesting game there. You come back home, UL Monroe. You have Auburn, Arkansas in Dallas, Alabama at Tennessee. Then you get your bye week. South Carolina, of course, at home. You get off the bye week, which we'll talk more about that game in just a second. Then at Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Abilene Christian, and at LSU to close out the season. So, Andrew, I'll ask you this. Is it a make-or-break year for Jimbo Fisher, and how do you feel like the 2023 schedule sets up for the Aggies to have a big bounce-back season this year? So taking positives, the, the, the place I take positives is, is you're not a school. So like I always joke, the standard of who the team I feel bad for as an Aggie is Auburn. You, I mean, they play Georgia and, and Alabama every year. So as an Aggie and as an Aggie fan, you got to look at it and you get you go, okay, we, we got to play Alabama. We get them at our place. So, I, you know, the schedule's tough, but I'm saying the, the reason I bring up the Auburn example is just because it could be worse. <laughs> and I think you look at this schedule – you got to go to Knoxville. You got to go to Baton Rouge. I don't love either of those matchups. Mm -hmm. You get um, Alabama coming to your place. And I think an Alabama team that is more beatable now than ever. It's still a, a team full of talent. Like I've been making the argument for the Aggies. It's a, it's a Crimson Tide team full of talent, but full of question marks as well. So it's a team that I think they're more beatable now than ever. The Ole Miss game. I, I, those are the four games that are pivotal. The at Tennessee at LSU Ole Miss I'm at Ole Miss and then Bam at home. I think if you find a way to win one of those two games, I think nine wins is in play. Mm -hmm. 
Um, if you find a way to win two, I think nine wins is really in play because then that gives you wiggle room to drop a game to an Auburn or a South Carolina or a Miami, you know, a game that you probably are favored points wise to win, but you know, you don't, you could, you're going to, you're going to drop a game like that every once in a while. So that gives you wiggle room to do that and still finish the year with nine wins. If you're able to knock off some of those teams that you probably shouldn't beat on the road, except for the Alabama game, which is in Kyle field. Andrew, you talk about that, getting to nine wins. I mean, what is the win total that Texas A&M needs to reach to, you know, reinstill faith or maybe just make people feel good about the direction of the program under Jimbo? Because like you mentioned, again, you look at the roster, you look at the recruiting, you look at the schedule. I mean, it feels like if they win less than eight games, Jimbo Fisher, they he seriously needs to be on the hot seat. I know the buyout's like 70-something million, but <laughs> the price of oil's going up on Thanksgiving. I think he might be finding his way out. So, I mean, what is that win total they need to hit this year to say, okay, this thing is going in the right direction? You know, um, I, I think I think it's nine. I really do. And, I, and I, you know, going into a season, going into a season – in saying nine wins, you need it. For people might laugh and say, well, it's Texas A&M. You know, they've been struggled. They've been on the struggle bus. They're not going to win nine games. And I'm going to, like I said, it's a drum and I'm beating it. But you have the roster that you should, you should win nine games. Frankly, you, with this roster, you should be in the boat, a similar boat to George and Bama. Now, don't, don't, you know, let's not, folks, listen, don't stretch that. What I mean is like George and Bama every year, their preseason win total is, 11. Are they going to go undefeated or are they going to, you know, lose, drop a game or two? Texas A&M roster wise is a team that should be at like a, a 10 over under if you're on, on the season when it comes to like betting on how many games the Aggies are going to win. And they're currently sitting at eight and a half. And I think that speaks more to coaching staff to the coaching staff than it truly does the team as a whole. And I think that you need to win nine ball games this year. Now, listen, you win eight, Coach Fisher I don't think is going to be on the hot seat. You win seven, it's starting to warm up. I've said that I think if he wins seven-plus, that he's safe. Mm-hmm. And Aggie fans are not going to be happy with seven wins, but I don't think they're going to pay that buyout, $75 million for um, seven wins, and especially if you go then and win a bowl game. Six wins, I think you are really – you could really – I wouldn't be surprised. Let's just put it that way. Wild to think $75 million would be the buyout if they don't get it done under Jimbo this season. Let's talk a little bit, Andrew, about that South Carolina game, which, you know, looks to be end of October, a pivotal swing game for the Aggies and I'd say for South Carolina. But the streak ended a season ago, granted against one of the worst Aggie teams we've seen in recent memory, but it ended either way. Andrew, this was a game that I came into every single year. And as the streak grew, I said to myself, I'm chalking this up as an automatic loss until I see otherwise. Like, there's no reason to believe South Carolina can get it done. Well, now they have. The unfortunate part is they've got to travel to Kyle Field and take on Texas A&M this season. The Aggies, again, will be fresh off of a bye week. I'm sure this is one that A&M expects to win, but it does appear to be a critical swing game at the end of October. And I would call this one, Andrew, I mean, I'm sure there's bigger fish to fry, but I think if they're going to get to that nine win mark, to your point, I think this is one they have to have. I agree. Um, and, you know, first of all, speaking to South Carolina, first of all, folks, I love Columbia. I, one of my favorite cities to drive through when I'm heading out, when I'm heading down to the beach and stuff, I love staying in Columbia and I'm a big believer in what coach Beamer's doing. Um, I really am. Like, I think South Carolina is going to be a team that, that 
you know, you're, you're really fearing coming, going to play there, coming, them coming to play you. I just don't know if it's this year. Um, and that's, I, I've been talking about South Carolina a lot lately on my show and, and, and talking up how I think this is going to work. I just don't know if it's going to be this year. And so I think that it's a pivotal game for the Aggies on the schedule. I think you have to, you, I agree with you. And that's what I was talking about. You lose a game to South Carolina. That's one more game. You have to beat Ole Miss, Tennessee, or uh, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Bama, or LSU to potentially get to that nine win total. So it's a game to get to that number. Like you said, I think you have to beat South Carolina and I don't think it's by any means going to be a walk, a cakewalk. I think this is going to be a solid team, a veteran quarterback. Um, I, I know that there are some question marks just hearing people at media days talking about the Gamecocks, but it's going to be a solid football team and veteran quarterback leadership is a big thing for me personally when evaluating a football team and South Carolina has that in Spencer Rattler. So it's a game that, yes, definitely um, I, I have some concerns for, but I um, and I think it's pivotal for the Aggies to put up a nine-win season. Andrew, how familiar are you with the Bonham Trophy? Yeah, I'm sure you know this is a trophy game, correct? Yeah, yeah. of course, yes. Yeah, it's one of those trophies, though, that I feel like every single year <clears throat> I'll bring it up, and so many people are like, I had no idea that there was a trophy associated with this football game. Uh, just thoughts on, I'll just say the matchup with South Carolina in the sense of how do you feel like Aggie fans view this game? Because it's it's a newer type of ball game, right? They just started playing this thing back in 2014. How do you feel like, I mean, I'm sure Aggie fans for a while looked at it as automatic W, we've won seven in a row, whatever. Do you feel like there are some different feelings going into this one this year maybe? Um, you know, just based off of hearing others' thoughts on the game, I, I think they're somewhat similar to mine. I mean, folks, I, I expect Texas A&M to win this football game. I do. I think they're going to be – if it was in if it was in Columbia, I would feel – I wouldn't be as confident. Playing at home, I mean, Texas A&M, Kyle Field has the top 10 average attendance in college football. It's not an easy place to go play. And um, so I think it's a game that I think – Texas A&M fans have gained a lot of respect for South Carolina, Coach Beamer, and what he's doing. And I don't think that just is uh, Texas A&M fans. I think that is the college football community as a whole. Um, but I just – I think that people it, – it's one year away. I mean, South Carolina – correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't they do, doing pretty well in 2024 recruiting-wise right now? Doing pretty well. They've, been, they've hit a slight lull the last month and a half or so. But, yes, it is, mm -hmm. it is trending if they land a couple of the guys they've got targeted to be – I'd say a top 15 class. So they're doing, yes, there's a lot of momentum on the recruiting trail to your point. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that it's close for South Carolina. I, I think that it's going to be a team that you don't write down as a W on a schedule. And it, and it might be this year. I could be wrong. And it could be this year that they kind of break out onto the scene. I mean, of course, South Carolina finishes the year last year with wins over Tennessee and, and Clemson, correct? Yeah, uh, back to back top 10 victories, yeah. Uh-huh. And so – you know, it, it's a team coming in with momentum, and I think that can be a good thing. Winning two late ball games over top ten ball, teams, I did not know that Clemson was was top ten at that point. I knew obviously Tennessee was, but that is that's a big deal for a program and for a coach to where I wouldn't be one bit surprised if Spencer Rattler came out and had a Heisman campaign and led the Gamecocks to eight wins potentially. You know, uh, more. I, I wouldn't shock me, but I think that Texas A&M fans expect to win this game. 
But I do think the feel around College Station is that people are gaining, rapidly gaining respect for this South Carolina football program, myself included in that. Andrew Stefaniak of Locked on Aggies podcast. Check out his work. Andrew, let everybody know where they can find your work. Yeah, folks, the Locked on Aggies podcast. Um, it, it, those interested when it's we're getting ready to rock and roll for the matchup between the Aggies and the Gamecocks, you can find my stuff on YouTube, Locked on Aggies, or anywhere you find your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple Muse, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find them, I'm there. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested or want to hear about that game when it comes up, check me out. I'd really appreciate it. Andrew, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Let's definitely do it again soon. Awesome. Appreciate you. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.